0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE.
1: I'm Alex Higley.
0: And I'm Lindsay Hunter. And, and I'm, I'm a, a writer. writer, but I'm a Writer But. Today we have Ling Ma. Ling Ma is a writer hailing from Fujian, Utah, and Kansas. She wrote the novel Severance and more recently the story collection Bliss Montage, both published by FSG. She lives in Chicago with her family.
2: Welcome, Ling. Welcome. Thank you so much, Lindsay and
0: Alex. (laughs) This is like a big get for us. We have been wanting to have Ling on for so long, and um, this is is so exciting to, to finally get to talk to you.
2: Thank you. I've been listening to your podcast. I guess you guys started it during the pandemic, right? It was like a nice yeah. way to kind of keep in touch with writers.
0: Definitely. Um, oh, that's, cool. Yeah. That's why we started it and to feel less alone. But um, <laughs> now we're in too deep. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was, say, I was gonna say I was I was I was waiting for the uh the kicker there. They're
2: podcasters now.
1: Oh, what uh, a nightmare.
2: Alex refuses to
0: be referred to as a podcaster. <laughs> it's his nightmare.
1: I mean it's it's a fact, but nightmares can be fact, I guess.
0: <laughs> Speaking of nightmares and facts, Ling, will you please read to us?
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I will read a little, a brief little excerpt from uh, Returning. And it's going to be pretty short. um, And it's about, wait, how should I introduce this? So I guess it's kind of about a triangle between three writers. One of them is a graphic novelist and um, what else? And I guess in this section, like the narrator just kind of talks about how She started writing, um, and I'll read, yeah, start reading now. I began what would become two weeks, one evening after work, the week I turned 28. In the nights leading up to the procedure, she would have this recurring dream of seeing her face entombed behind a layer of cracked ice was the first line that came to me, seemingly from out of nowhere. When she tre- checked the Dream Dictionary in the morning, she learned that cracked ice was a Chinese expression for the pleasures of marriage in old age. This, she decided, was the auspicious sign she had been waiting for, and so did not hesitate in signing the liability waiver. From then on, I wrote mostly in the nights after work, after arriving home to an overheated studio so small it couldn't accommodate a cartwheel. For fresh air, I could reach in front of my desk and force open the window, the tipsy laughter of neighbors on the stoop suddenly so close. For water, the sink was to the right of the desk. I had the clearest sense of myself then. Everything was within grasping distance. I drank huge amounts of tap water and smoked cigarettes and kept odd hours, staying up as late as I wanted, going to work as tired as I wanted. I had begun the novel after breaking off an engagement and moving out of my then-boyfriend's apartment. We'd been together long enough that the event horizon could have only been marriage, so we got engaged. But the thought of breaking up recurred to me so frequently that it became an inevitability. My ex-fiancé exasperated that I kept prolonging the wedding planning, finally gave me a talk. You think marriage is supposed to be a solution to all dissatisfactions of life, he said. And you're disillusioned because you know marrying me isn't going to solve your other issues. But that's not what this is for. This revelation didn't prevent us from breaking up, though. I moved out. In my new studio apartment, I wrote about a married couple who, during an economic depression, decide to cryogenically freeze themselves to be reanimated in the future with the understanding that their holdings will significantly appreciate during the time they spend iced their house, their IRAs, their 401ks, their stock portfolio. Given the state of the economy, it was actually cheaper to freeze themselves into the future than to make an earnest effort at a living during this particular period, this political moment. If I felt stuck in the story, I would take a walk, bringing along a can of bear mace the size of a mini fire hydrant, but not very heavy, that my ex-fiancé's father had given me. They were the type of family that camouflaged their wealth in outdoor apparel and camping gear. Whatever equipment my intended in-laws had gifted me, I later sold online to pay the bills. My neighborhood at night, menacing and verdant, fields of bobbing chamomile behind chain-link fences, lurking dark sedans, slowing to a crawl alongside pedestrians, the cheerful blare of music from a fluorescent palateria was its own kind of wilderness. I felt thin-skinned, softer, more alert. In the novel, the married couple signs on with a premier cryogenic agency to be frozen for 92 years, the maximum amount of time they can afford. Yet, on the morning of the procedure, the wife's icing chamber suffers a glitch and malfunctions. When the anesthesia wears off, the agency explains to her that she will have to undergo the process again. But given The intense preparations and heavy dose of sedatives, she will have to wait two weeks. She goes home. The majority of two weeks takes place within the span of those 14 days, when she is alone and biding her time. I was 29, 30, 31, just biding my time. At some point, I quit my job and lived off my savings, doing occasional freelance work to keep afloat. I kept my overhead low. I stopped going out, and I didn't date. I was always current with rent and bills, but didn't off, but often didn't have enough funds for, say, flights home for Christmas. It's better this way, I thought, to set the precedent that my family shouldn't expect too much from me. I pretended I was free, untethered from their immigrant striving, their expectation that my life should somehow justify their sacrifices. All right, uh, that was from returning, which is from uh, which is a story in bliss montage
0: alex and i like raced each other to our phones (laughs) to text each other because we were like oh my god she's reading returning we love this story oh my god and i mean that's like saying a lot because every story in bliss montage is excellent and in its own way um but i want to hear from you why why you wanted to read from returning
2: Oh, it's a podcast about writing, being a writer.
0: <laughs> Look <laughs> at trying you
2: trying to be a writer. So I thought, oh, this is thematically, you know, um, current. But I also think returning, like it's the longest story in the collection, and I think I struggled with it the most. And I don't know if I, you know, <laughs> who won that struggle. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, story. you did. And, uh, you we know, did. I always felt like we it did. could have been shorter. And, you know, I'm looking at the the part that I'm reading from. It's from the book, but it's just I'm, I'm uh, inputting paperback edits this week. So it's just kind of I'm looking, reading it and seeing all of the stuff that I'm trying, <laughs> all of the new line edits I'm putting in. So Whoa.
0: So you're trimming a little bit?
2: Uh, not so much trimming, just okay. like line edits. I don't think they can change text flow but yeah I do feel like this story I struggled with the most in some way it took me the longest it's the longest and I just yeah
0: (laughs) how did you let yourself let go of it
2: oh well clearly I haven't because I'm still (laughs) Uh, um yeah I it was really I think the schedule um behind this book was a little bit wild because i um i think the major edits were completed like before i was like pregnant and then it was like maybe a little bit before i had to give birth <laughs> oh
0: my god <gosh. laughs>
2: and then i made like all of the copy edits and um you know like proofreading and all that stuff was just done when i was in a postpartum haze oh, so oh, i i usually don't i mean on severance i didn't really do anything on the paperback changes but i think i don't know because i was in such a postpartum haze when i was going through those line edits i'm like uh, oh, let me put in a few let me give things a read again <laughs> a
1: few
0: it up in there touches.
1: yeah uh, exactly <laughs> ling i wanted to ask you about returning returning is my favorite story in the book and i think that is i i love the collection up until then but that was when i really was like oh fuck like i love this book returning is the one that like really got me um and i wanted to i wanted to ask about when you were drafting returning how much the hard cuts between the threads of the story moved if at all i think What is so seductive about that story is the interplay between the sections and when you choose to leap from focus to focus within the story. And I was wondering if that was something that you struggled with in in edits when to actually determine where those hard cuts would exist or if that's something that was more there from the beginning.
2: Um, I do know I moved a lot of, I uh, played with the sequencing of, um, of the story a lot. I mean, it was always going to start with, okay, this woman wakes up on a plane, the husband's gone, and then she's trapped in the airport because he's taken like, you know, the passport and the relevant documents with him. Um, but the backstory, um, Throughout returning, I think I definitely played with um, sequencing. But to be honest, I didn't really know what the backstory was. So I just kind of, I think I just drafted a lot and then just started um, moving things. I thought initially, this is going to sound a little bit weird. I thought it was... I don't know. I thought it was about this woman who gets involved with this guy on this mango farm. It was, <laughs> it was a completely different. Dra- I like, you know, read a little bit about mango farms. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess what I had first was just, I knew what the frame story would be the airport set, uh, section. And then the, but the backstory was an entire mystery to me.
1: Um, it made me think a little bit of that Ishiguro story, A Village After Dark. I don't know if you've read I'm that. Familiar with that, but just the way that information is meted out to the reader is so just—it's <laughs> funny, but also just delicious in that how how little you're getting and how confined. Uh, you know, the, the airport is just I, I, I love how little you're getting section by section. And yet then these hard cuts bring you into these, you know, these past worlds that are so much more familiar. And you keep returning to this completely unfamiliar world as the story progresses. It was I don't know. It was thrilling. I love that story.
0: Thank you. Ling, when you were writing the story, did you know it was going to be part of the book? Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, I knew I was writing a, a story collection. Um, I mostly wrote list montage pretty much from scratch. So uh, wow. when, um, I, when we sent in uh, severance to the publishers, uh, when my agent submitted it, it was packaged as like a story collection. Um, and well, it was a novel and a story collection. And, um, and the stories I sent in were, were like a partial collection. Like, I put in four stories in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I ended up only keeping one of them, which was Yeti Lovemaking. Mm-hmm. No, maybe I also kept Los Angeles. But the other didn't work. So um, I think I maybe I kept Los Angeles and Yeti Lovemaking, which were the two oldest.
1: I'm Alex Higley.
2: And I'm
0: Lindsay Hunter. And,
2: and I'm, I'm a, a writer. writer. But... <sighs> Stories in the collection and then um I wrote the other stories from scratch um yeah just for the collection um I don't know why I did it that way because I actually I think stories are really hard (laughs) to write Mm -hmm. you kind of have to let them like I don't know simmer you can let them simmer for years in a way that I think with a novel it's better to write quickly or to draft quickly but with Mm -hmm. stories I don't know. I I it's just not the same process, but mm. um yeah, I wrote most of these uh yeah, I wrote all these stories for the collection. It it was hard. It was harder than I think writing a novel. It was, you know, troubleshooting more problems, um several sets of problems as opposed to like just one set of problems. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. I I imagine it must be such a different way of, and, you know, you touched on this already, but just such a different way of conceptualizing a collection when you're writing toward, like, I feel like my two collections, I was just sort of like writing things and then I was finding connections later, you know, and like putting it together. And like you had to do all of that at the same time, which I mean, you, you just said, but (laughs) (laughs) to me, it's kind of mind blowing that, um, that that's how you went about it.
2: I feel like like how you described with your two story collections, I feel like that was more or less my process too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any other stories, any other completed stories. Like those were the just the ones I worked on, and that was what made
1: the book. Wow. I was I was wondering that because and I'm, I'm interested to find out that. Yeti love making Los Angeles are the two oldest pieces because i I love varied story collections like when story to story there is not necessarily a sameness and those two stories add a texture to this collection that is it completely changes the book as a whole. Um, Did you have an editor who, or did, did you have anyone in FSG or that was like, ah, maybe let's cut the two earlier ones. You know, those are the most different than the rest or did, or was, was there no kind of advice as far as altering what you, what you came to, to the table with?
2: I don't think there was any advice. I know that when I submitted the partial, manuscript of four stories having only kept two I think maybe my editor was a little bit more reticent then and I know why because some of those the other stories that didn't make it like I wrote them like when I was learning how to write basically Mm -hmm. like they were college sort of stories um, that didn't quite work for it but uh, at least I guess I kept Yeti love making and Los Angeles I wrote those two maybe I wrote Yeti like before I wrote severance, but <laughs> that story made me realize i could- I could write in a more surreal vein, mm. and so it seemed to mark a shift um for everything else that came after so i I thought it felt- uh, su- uh, I thought it felt like it belonged to the set of
1: stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad they're in there. I mean, it really, I really do think it strengthens the book as a whole to have both of them there. Um, Not just because I feel like a cynical way of looking at it would be like, Oh my God, wow. Look at this range. But I think it is more like you're giving, you're giving the reader a different opportunity an easier way to arrive at a broader spectrum of understanding of any one of the stories if the indiv- individual stories differ from each other in a way um and i think it's just it's generous you know from a writer to do that so i i love that in short story collections
0: i think like in each story there's um like there's there's a set of rules that you learn as you're reading it mm. and that like as a whole the the collection is an example of um i don't know like a like a like just like a really delightful sense of what the fuck you know like mm-hmm. um i think like npr said it's um a sense of dislocation mm-hmm. that across the book you end up with this sense of dislocation in a in a great way um because there's like a reality that's true to each individual story even as like, the collection feels very, um, I don't know, like, the collection feels connected. Um, and, and in fact, like, I know I've talked to you about this before, Ling, um, but the first two stories do seem to be linked, though mm-hmm. you can't really trust that, right? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, when I, in my, you know, when I first read the book, I thought, okay, it's a linked collection collection and I have to find these links as I read. And then you kind of, you keep going and you're like, oh, oh my God. Okay. This is something different. Um, and I just thought that was so unique and so, um, wonderful and wild. And, um, yeah, I want to hear it from you. Like what, what was, what was driving you to, to keep those two stories right next to each other?
2: Yeah, I think so the first two stories in the collection is Los Angeles um and Oranges and I guess their theme they share thematic thread it's about this uh woman thinking back to like her exes and then there's like this ex in her past who's been abusive. Mm-hmm. And um they share a thematic thread but I think they're in um different registers and terms Mm -hmm. of i guess level of um the fantastical um los angeles you can say is super fantastical because she lives in a house with (laughs) like a (laughs) hundred of her exes (laughs) and um Uh. oranges is sort of in is more you would call it i guess it's more rooted in realism it's about this woman who who is leaving her uh, office one day sees her ex and just starts following him um and I guess, I guess I was trying to stake out um, like a similar emotional sort of like wavelength, but I guess across these different, these different registers. Um, and I, and I think that was, had something to do with why I put those two stories first. Mm-hmm
0: yeah it really um it creates the like this sense of um i don't know what what word am I searching for like I keep wanting to come back to uncanny, but I don't think that's the right word either um but it it like creates a sense of like ling Ma-ness, <laughs> 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 having been a ling ma fan for years now um like i i used to teach a uh, fuzu night feeling um and you know i just i feel like it's just you it's just because then you get a story like peaking duck which is a completely different emotional register mm-hmm. um but just as just as um dislocating i guess and i just feel like only you write like this thank you <laughs> <laughs> i do mean it as i do mean it as a compliment. <laughs> I do. Well, I mean it as a big
1: compliment. I'm curious, Ling, who some of your touch, you know, not not necessarily favorites or but just some touchstones maybe uh among short story writers, who who those writers are for you? People that either you come back to again and again or are just mysterious to you, whatever it may be. Who who are some of your people?
2: Well, I really like Miranda July. Mm-hmm. Um I was a little read some stories by Rachel Ingalls. There was um, a discontinued um, collection that had been out from Gray Wolf some years ago um, of her short stories. And some of those have really stuck with me. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I Every time, i sorry, I'm always like no, no. out <laughs> around this time. i Um, I love, oh, well, for sure, Shirley Jackson. I think Mm -hmm. um, I feel like her influence has been across pretty much all of the projects I've um, worked on. And definitely, of course, Kafka. But that's Mm -hmm. kind of like, yeah, pretty obvious. Um, hmm. Yeah, I like some of Banana Yoshimoto's short stories as well. Um, Yeah.
1: Cool.
0: I don't think I've read any Kafka, guys. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> I feel unburdened
2: now. Continue. I've
1: only I've only read The Trial, unfortunately. So, I, I I I'm right there with you. That's basically like reading nothing, I think.
2: <laughs> short stories are like the most fun.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I know. I, I, I know am. it's a it's a big hole in my life. I feel like he, you can you can feel him sort of laboring away when he's writing um like I don't know in his novels I feel like he's like trying to create narrative whereas his short stories feel more effortless um but maybe um I mean I like yeah I haven't read all of his novels so I shouldn't say I remember reading in his journal once like oh the metamorphosis is crap (laughs) (laughs) like it would have turned out so much better if I hadn't been interrupted for that like business trip (laughs) oh my gosh oh my gosh you know that's so relatable though it's like you're in the you're in the
0: swing of things and then you know like your kid needs dinner or whatever (laughs)
1: I was hoping you were about to invent a business trip. I was so excited.
0: I, you know, I have gone on business trips in my day. Okay. I
1: wanted to hear about it. (laughs) Jesus. Uh. An aspect of this book I love as well is just that it's, it's not, you can't really say it's a Chicago book, but at the same time, I'm going to say this is a Chicago book because there's so many of these stories just have, just just glimpses of Chicago Or like slight mentions And I love that I think that's kind of my favorite kind of Chicago book Like I think of Angels as a Chicago book Even though there's like oh, wow. only a couple mm-hmm. There's only like a couple really memorable scenes there But
2: There's a, yeah, there's like a mention of like Clark and Wilson. Yeah. And 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 like, he's
1: on the, yeah, he's like on the bus and he goes into the hardware store. And I remember like being 19 and like trying to figure out what hardware store it was and like all that shit. Oh
2: yeah. I remember. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. So I, I was wondering because, oh, go for it. Yeah.
2: I was going to say I was in, you know, that grocery store in Albany park, um, Harvest time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: I was in harvest time and I had this idea of like um was it like this couple they were together and they were um getting groceries together um and it was more groceries than they would need because they weren't going to be together for very long. <laughs> and that that inspired a part of returning. <sighs> actually, and I would actually go to harvest time.
1: Oh my like, God.
2: Whenever I did, wasn't sure, like, where is this story going? Oh, I would wow. go back to harvest time. <laughs> What aisle? What aisle? I would take the Lawrence bus. I would just kind of wander through. I was just, like, trying to think <laughs> up of some ideas. So, I mean, yeah, it does feel Chicago to me in some way. And also, it um it feels like very winter, mm-hmm.
1: like, yeah. like a
2: winter book. And Severance felt like a very summer book. But in any case, yeah. I just wanted to shout out Harvest Time out there.
0: I love that. Great store. Do you think no. you're going to write a, a spring book now? Or yeah. A book?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have much spring. I don't, I don't, I feel very ag- uh, agnostic about spring.
0: Yeah. Chicago gives us like a week of spring. <laughs> yeah. It's like winter and then it's summer. So That's I get that. That's it.
1: <laughs> That's it.
0: Do you often, um, do things like that when you're like do you often like go places to get in the mindset that you need to be in or you know like what are these act other active things that you do when you're trying to get something going
2: um well sometimes you know the like sometimes you'll be walking somewhere and then you'll just have like oh a few a little feeling so sometimes like I don't know the like the place or the inspiration kind of finds you. And other times you just kind of have to push yourself to mm-hmm. um, kind of go places to get into the mindset of like mm-hmm. a story, if if you can, um, if it's accessible. Um, but I, yeah, I guess that there's that story, G and the two girls are on the upper west side or something i didn't really go to the upper west side when i was writing that story but i would there was this there was this perfume i would associate with the upper west side um it's like this rum perfumes i would like smell that (laughs) a lot on it and yeah yeah i
0: noticed that you've been talking a lot about scent lately you've been talking about (laughs) terry mugler's angel oh yeah which is classic. Um, I always associate it with this woman, Hazel, that I worked with at the, at the Cook County Treasurer's office when I first moved to Chicago. And she oh. was a model in the 60s. She was really Whoa. tall. She was like 6'2", really tall, elegant, like thin as a bird. And she had like this perfect coiffed hair, always a full face of makeup. She could not understand what I was going for because I had like, <laughs> you know, like Frankenstein bangs and like. Ross dress for less clothing and she just wanted to fix me um but she wore like tons of angel and whenever I smell it I think of her what a legend
1: what did she have for lunch
0: I never saw her eat
1: mm, perfect
0: <laughs> you know actually that's We're not true so I glad. saw her drink like a um like an insurer oh, classic, oh yeah. wow and she would her they lived in hinsdale and she would get driven into the city by her husband every day and she what was kind of car magnificent you know i don't even remember but it was very nice magnificent
2: wow she was
0: i mean she was like i i cut my hair in a pixie when i was working there and she very much approved she was like oh thank god <laughs> um, she was like you just need a little like eyeshadow you just need like lipstick and i was like no <laughs> She was probably right, but anyway, Angel, yeah, Sense,
2: Ling Ma. Oh well, I freaking love Angel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been buying a a few cents here and there, but I what I really want is like Angel back. But I um, I used to wear it when I worked at those at Playboy <laughs> those at the offices uh, in Chicago. So I don't really want to um, wear it. It's like sort of a time capsule to me, yes. but. I read somewhere, and you probably saw this in my Instagram post or something, <laughs> or my in my stories or something, like there's this perfume writer, Chandler Burr, who wrote about Angel, and his observation is that it shares a similar formulation to like Coca-Cola, oh. uh, which is just like um oh God. it's like high um high doses, a high dose of sweet and then a high dose of bitter but you kind of take two, I guess, diametrically opposed um, forces and you ratchet both of them up real high. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The same (laughs) thing. And I, yeah. And so, yeah, anyways, it's a very wearable fragrance, but I was also thinking about what he wrote about Angel and then thinking about, oh, that's good writing advice, actually, if you could take <laughs> oh my gosh two like high dosages of two like opposing forces but ratchet them up like real mm-hmm. a lot of them
0: <laughs> so like grace and grotesque speaking yeah. just for myself
2: exactly <laughs> <Grace> <laughs> I have a gr- hard time I have a hard time to <laughs> do I think for me it's like something to do with like trying to something with like emotional realism but like a completely bizarre premise or scenario or a completely unreal scenario or something like that yes
1: Mm -hmm. i love that it makes me think of like i always think of it like digging a hole is when i when i end up writing things that work like start with the the, just like make a problem for yourself this is not going to work and then (laughs) just (laughs) fucking go for it
0: I was just gonna ask Alex what his two ratcheting up oh god attributes would be.
1: I have no idea. I have I feel like cause you said grace and grotesque, I can only think of G words. Oh yeah. And um I don't know. I'm gonna say gel as in literal hair gel. And then um I don't know, the color green, which I love. My favorite color.
0: Yeah, I can I can totally
2: say that in your writing.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Green and gel. Green. gel. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. Ling, what were you gonna say? That's writing, right?
2: Uh, Oh, I was just going to say, oh, catastrophe, banality or something. Mm, (laughs) Yeah.
1: Can you tell Ling's a writer among the three of us?
2: Alex, that's totally you, though. I was going to say, like, when you were talking about digging a hole, I was um, thinking the same thing about, like, there's something about kind of cornering yourself a little bit. Totally. um, With some, I don't know, some bizarre premise or just something like you don't know how to get out of, like in the story, that kind of, I don't know, that little bit of pressure is kind of a nice, kind of a nice way to go about,
1: you know, about it. <laughs> no, I agree. I think I hadn't actually thought about it until just now, what you said triggered this, but I think it is a way to, to get out of your own head by fixating on the yeah. parameters of the problem more than, is what i just wrote stupid (laughs) did i pick the wrong (laughs) word should this character not be named whatever like yeah just to focus on anything else but still keep taking steps forward i guess
2: yeah i feel like that's the constant problem is trying to write like around you know like your self-consciousness or something yeah
1: for sure definitely
0: i think about like um I recently went to an escape room with my with actually I was just in a like a tiny one today and I feel like I feel like this is a metaphor for writing as well because that's a problem right you're 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 mm-hmm. locked in this room and you have to figure out how to get out and I feel like there's a certain type of writer who would like explore you know and like gather and there's a certain type of writer me who just starts like smashing on things, like (laughs) pushing things and like pounding things. And I realized that today I was like, there is no method to what I'm doing. I'm just like trying to stumble into a solution. And I'm realizing as you guys are speaking so eloquently about this, that that is, (laughs) that is the writer that I am. No, no.
1: Your method is no (laughs) method. Come on. You have to (laughs) give yourself credit. There you go. There you go.
2: J. Robert Lennon, who I know you guys have had on this show before, he was my thesis advisor back um, in grad school. And his first drafts are like, um, every sentence is like spoken for. (laughs) And everything is just, there's no, because I usually keep like a list of things or problems or like lines that I have to cut or something. But his like first draft just reads like, it's the published version. Um,
1: Seems to make sense yeah. with him, though.
2: What an asshole!
0: <laughs> what do you think that but is? He I mean, he,
2: he needs to. He was like, "I really need to. I need <laughs> to have the problem solved like right away." <laughs> wow. That's okay. So funny.
0: He he mentioned something that when we like something like that when we talked to him, but it was another writer he was talking to who called it um, his wind-up toy. Like oh, he was yeah just, god remember? who was
1: that i remember what was you, it, yeah
0: jonathan lee it was someone maybe yeah maybe our listeners can remind us um but yeah he just said that that um his friend who was a writer had written a novel that he referred to as his wind-up toy novel or something no, similar
1: envious john was i think
0: yeah and he wound it up and followed it around and right. john was saying that that's what
1: subdivision yeah
0: that's what subdivision was for him was his wind-up toy novel and he just kind of followed it around and um and such a brilliant, such a brilliant novel. But it makes me think that maybe he's always just a wind-up toy writer.
2: <laughs> maybe <laughs> if he's
0: always writing that perfectly.
2: I hope I didn't misquote him <laughs> um, about it, but I do remember him saying, "Like, I want, I can't have any like problem. They, I, they need to be solved <laughs> as soon as like um, they like rear up or something." I wonder if that takes extra
0: time john if you're listening reach out i feel like
2: he's i don't know he's like has the million projects so i, I think was gonna he,
1: say he writes so fast
2: yeah we're all fans
1: oh big time
2: <laughs>
0: ling what are you working on now if anything
2: um i think i'm working on uh well i know i'm working on another book project i don't really know what totally what it is. I think it is probably like, I'm trying to rewrite um, an abandoned novel from long ago. (gasps) Oh, wow. And the reason I think this is like, I mean, the characters are all new, and the entire premise is completely different, but I do think it's kind of like asking very similar questions to the abandoned novel, so I actually think I'm just rejiggering that one sort of in some way um so yeah but that one that novel like, I tried to write like you know before I even knew really how to <laughs> really I was mm-hmm. like in my 20s and I didn't know I didn't know how to write or pull off anything mm-hmm. um at that time it like exceeded my technical abilities um but it was also a yeah exceeded my technical abilities but i think i'm revisiting it
0: anyway that's exciting there's something in it still that's connecting you to it like you're still yeah curious about it
2: yeah i think it's just like some questions some ideas that i'm that you know seem to be been popping up um so i don't know maybe it'll turn into something <laughs>
1: that makes me think i want to ask both of you what is the worst novel idea you've had that you actually put any work into you know maybe maybe just 20 pages or something but like something that you would not revisit the worst idea that you have actually gone down the road with at all
2: i feel like you know alex i think i was on the same that discord with you guys
1: oh yeah like, yeah
2: rarely before i um pieced out but they're I remember saying, typing something in, but it's, it's not a novel, but it was a story that I tried to pursue when I was an MFA student. It was basically J. Edgar Hoover (laughs) comes back from the grave to (gasps) save this FBI agent from date rape. (laughs) Oh, my God. I thought I like research j edgar hoover i watched that leonardo dicaprio biopic anyways it was a very it was a very unhinged uh yeah it was a very unhinged week um i thought it had there were some lovely passages in it but um yeah i couldn't quite get
1: that one wow too deep a hole
0: (laughs) i mean i need to read it so (laughs) can you please find it (laughs) I I wrote a lot of pages about a family going on a cruise when a mysterious pandemic hits. And god. Paula Abdul is on the cruise as well. <laughs> oh
1: my god. I mean that sounds kind of amazing though. Yeah, it?
0: you know, listen, maybe I'll go back to it.
2: Maybe it's go not as bad as questions. I remember. <laughs> god Abdul. the perfume you should um smell while trying to write that is um so there's this imaginary author's perfume called in love with everything i feel like that would be a really good <laughs> scent <laughs> to inspire <laughs> and, an
0: imaginary author
2: um it's like a brand of, oh yeah i'm it's like, like what? it's a brand and they're The perfume itself is called In Love With Everything, and it's got coconut, sugar, and raspberry, and some other... Anyways, I feel like that would be a good (laughs) scent to um, smell, and then, I don't know, try to transport yourself into that world. I think it's the Paula Abdul that got me thinking about it.
0: Definitely (laughs) something with coconut,
2: for sure. Yep, Um,
0: yep. Are you aware of the vacation brand of um, they make sunscreen yeah. that smells like, yeah. And, they, and they're and they also doing like other, um, now they're branching out into like candles and lip balm and stuff, but it's all scents that you remember, like growing up watching your mom, like lather herself up at the pool, what? you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, vaca- it's called vacation. And uh, like we get their their SPF every year because it's, it literally smells like that coconut oil. and chlorine that you would smell like at the pool with your mom it's really quite magical but I think yeah I I think Paula Abdul would smell like that
2: I really want to smell it (laughs) yeah Ling
1: have you always been a like huge perfume person or is it something that like later on you realized, oh I want to go back and like try and figure out what that was that whoever was wearing or has this like always been an, an area of interest for you
2: uh, not so much specifically perfumes, more just like scents Sense. in general. Kind of like trigger, you know, like trigger like emotional associations. So it's like a nice tool if I can. Um, it's a, like a nice tool to use when you're writing.
1: Do you are you a big cook?
2: Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You just put, you just put, you know, different ingredients in the pot, get that scent going and then move on <laughs> to the next room.
2: Yeah. Like I used to, um, what was it? When I once wrote this piece and it was like about this fan of Elizabeth Taylor's <laughs> and then, but then she would start speaking as Elizabeth Taylor oh <laughs> or God. something. Well, I remember like buying from like Walgreens or something, like one of those Elizabeth Taylor perfume like lotions like was it white diamonds or something and just like slathering oh, myself yes. all <laughs> with it and then trying to like figure out how to get remember to get inspired by the it. commercial
0: oh the commercial where um it was like a bunch of dudes at a table like gambling i think like they were playing cards or something and she just walks and up she and, comes like, over and yes and like suddenly the camera I'm has hearing. like several <laughs> filters on it And she's like, here, these have always brought me luck." And she just like gives them her earrings. Oh, God. I don't even know what we were talking about.
1: I think that means, Ling, thank you so much for coming on. This was a blast.
2: Thank you guys for having me on.
1: We (laughs) love this book. Yeah.
0: I
2: feel like we did some good work tonight. (laughs) We did it. I feel like we pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, I do.
0: I do. I'm like, I'm going to go try to find that imaginary author sent, and ling i want you to go find that vacation scent and alex i I want you to go dig a
1: hole thank you thank you i will
0: and ling honestly thank you so much you are one of my favorite writers it's an honor and um i can't wait to read whatever comes next
1: same amazing stuff when does
0: when does bliss montage come out on paperback
2: um probably in september i think I'm not okay,
0: sure. So all, I'm pretty
2: sure it's in September. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All cool. our listeners can go get that hardback. Okay. You'll be fine. Go get it. Hardback. Why does that sound wrong? Hardcover. And then, uh, and then if you don't get the paperback in September, thank you so much, Ling.
2: Thank you so much, Lindsay and Alex. Yeah. All right. So for this part of the podcast, you guys just talk to each other, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'll leave you guys to it. We
0: do. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Ling. Appreciate it. I love how she put that. You guys guys just just
1: talk to each other. other. And In my head, you know what I was thinking? I was like, kind of.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes we do.
1: Sometimes we're like, bye.
0: Gotta go. Uh, all I have is I have Invisalign now and I'm reading Ducks by Kate Beaton and it is incredible wait
1: why do I know what that is
0: it's that graphic novel about working in the oil sands in uh, yes, Canada yes I want to read it it is so I knew I would like it but I love it it's like
1: that's awesome
0: so placey obviously and um, yeah it's quite wonderful that's all I want to do is read it
1: I I I didn't want to go too over the top with Ling when she was here, but for our listeners who are still with us, what the fuck is wrong with you? Number one, number two, <laughs> this really is like a special collection. You need this book. It's unbelievable. I, It's one of my favorite books we've had on the show. And I don't say it unless I mean it. I love this book. Um, I will be coming back to this collection a, a lot.
0: There's not a stinker in the bunch you know Mm-mm. like sometimes you're reading and you're like uh i hope this picks picks back up but not with this collection it's every single one is and i, what, I you know i think what I is your to favorite
1: back to back what were your two favorite back to back because i have
0: i don't even i read it i don't know because i read it back when her um at her book release event was mm-hmm. so i don't know got it um, well Mine was
1: returning into office hours. The mm, oh those my God. Two, office hours is incredible,
0: oh and it's I love like, how it ends. Just
1: fucking so goddamn good. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Every one of these stories, I want to go back to again and again. Um, but yeah, tomorrow is so the the story with the baby arm. I know. Oh my god. When that fucking baby arm shows up in that story, I was like yes.
0: Yeah, for those who don't know, a pregnant woman's baby, his arm starts poking through her and waving and uh, (laughs) the doctor's (sighs) like, it seems okay. It should be fine. (laughs) There's a line
1: like, he pulled up what appeared to be (laughs) WebMD. I actually laughed I, I I never actually laugh out loud reading, but I definitely did reading that one. That one oh fucking killed me. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, she's so funny. She is so funny. So
1: funny. Um, yeah, it's a great book. It actually it made me think a lot of my fave my favorite story collection, the Brad Watson book, Aliens of the Prime of Their Lives, because that collection has a long, long story. Um even longer than returning, but then also what the stories that surround are in a way similar to what Ling does and that they're, they're tonally and uh, they're tonally very different from each other. They're set all over the place. And, you know, I think really really special story collections the 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 connective tissue is more the author than anything else mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that is oh, yeah. certainly That's the case way here you're
0: putting it yeah yeah you said that so well
1: yeah well That's we both exactly love this book for sure
0: yeah yeah and she lives in chicago it feels really cool to live in the same city as ling ma <laughs> doesn't it it
1: does it's like man awesome
0: although last time i saw her we were talking about something and she was like oh yeah Um, she was talking about a reading and I was like, "Mm, I don't think I was there. And I hosted it. And she was like, Lindsay, you were the host.
1: (laughs) Well, you forgot about your, I forgot about your second full-time job.
0: Yeah. I think, I think like uh, things have started falling out of my head because of so many kids. (laughs) (laughs) So, but now I remember it came back to me when she said that.
1: God. The other day, that.
0: I was talking to a mom friend, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm watching Fleischman and is in trouble." And mm-hmm. like, we were talked about that for a while, and then we like moved on to another topic, and, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "So, what are you watching?" <laughs> oh my god!
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you said that that you were going to tell her that you hadn't seen it, and then I was going to try and find your fucking tweet your tweet where you were like this rapturous genius like whatever the fuck you said
0: I mean I didn't say that but I'm sure it was awkward but oh no I was and no then no was no, like, no oh, I didn't mean like Fleischmann. Fleischman we're watching Fleischman but some other oh things and I was God. like why am I like this anyway
1: oh man okay we did it great yeah. job hey welcome so,
0: back good to have you back
1: so good to be back I'm so bummed that I missed Jack's episode I was telling my wife I was like I f- like Jack is the coolest. Like, what the fuck? This is the one where I'm not gonna be there. What the fuck? You were mixed. also. It's weird that she lives in San Diego.
0: I know she's so Chicago. I know. How I think of she?
1: her. Like, I feel like she's gonna be at. I mean, I don't even fucking live in Chicago. I live on the suburbs. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, you could get here in 20 minutes.
1: I could. Yeah. So it's the same. I could All right. Bye, bud. bye
0: Bye. I'm a Writer But is recorded by Alex Hickley and me, Lindsay Hunter, in our respective basements. Editing by Lindsay Hunter. Music by Max Loop. Yeah, yeah!